This is the second half of the interview on inflation and recession tips. So let's get right to it. Inflation bites. Are you feeling it? Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Now, here's another one, and that is consider free shipping options when shopping online. Now, I know we are or you are a member of Amazon Prime. Yes. And we pay for that subscription, Mm -hmm. but that gives us free shipping on all of the items that you order. That's on Amazon Prime, yes. On Amazon Prime. That's right, because not every item on there is on Prime, but most of the things that you order are on Prime. So. Sometimes that free shipping option, and there are places that offer free shipping if the order is over $50 or something like that. It it varies. You just have to do your own research on that. But if you're doing the research and you find that you are purchasing an item for, I'm just going to pull out $49. It's $49. And you would get free shipping at another location, but pay $51. So you're paying $3 more for the item, but you're getting free shipping. And a lot of times shipping is, yeah, she just corrected me and said it's $2 more. (laughs) I haven't had enough coffee to be doing serious math. Okay, gotcha. So 51 minus 49, that leaves two. Okay, get my pencil here. carry the all that's old school math right there son (laughs) and so you know what i'm saying here is you may be better off to pay a little bit more in order to save 10 or 12 or 15 dollars on shipping oh that's a Mm no-brainer absolutely and in fact uh, when amazon prime first came out i really and we're talking about you know, several years ago, I really had to think to myself at that time, I wasn't ordering that much from Amazon. And I thought, is this really a good deal? Am I basically paying like a year's worth of shipping for this subscription? And now that I look at it with the way shipping costs today. Yeah, you're paying about a month's worth oh, for the it, year. Easily. I mean, I'm not, I don't work for Amazon. I don't get, you know, I don't get any kind of endorsements from Amazon, but I'll tell you that the Amazon Prime membership, yeah, I mean, it's not inexpensive, but if I had to drop it and pay shipping on everything Mm -hmm. I order now, I'd be well deep into the deeper recesses of my pocket. So it's It's worth it. It's the same concept as purchasing a membership to one of the wholesale clubs. Exactly. If you're going to use it once a year, it's probably not worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you're going to use it quite regularly, it's very much worth the cost. And I don't know what those cost anymore. You handle that. So, you know, one trip, we can save the cost of that annually. So do that price shopping. Here's one we don't want to hear. Uh, Do without. To do without. To ask yourself the question, 
Do I really need it? Does it really serve a purpose? Will I actually use it? You know, if if I cannot buy it today and wait two weeks or never. <laughs> well, I, I actually have delay the purchase in here later, but mm-hmm. what I'm talking about here is the not ordering it. Yeah. And we've both ordered things that we don't use, and it looked like a great idea at the time, but it really didn't serve any great purpose, and we actually don't use it. And Then we should put it on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> that's probably not a bad idea for a few things, uh-huh. but you know, you can do without. Do I really need that thing, or do I just want it? And those, those are... Hard disciplines for some of us. Yeah. All right. Now, when we're talking about our financial issues with the inflation and the recession, we need to take care of our finances. Absolutely. You want to pay off any credit that has a variable interest rate. And by all means, don't live on credit cards. You know, uh, someone that I listened to on TV said that they use their credit card as income. And I I didn't understand that at first, and then I thought about it. Oh, I see what they mean. They're just basically living on money they haven't yet earned or and will have to pay back. Exactly. Now, when we were teenagers, and I'm talking 18, 19 years old, a friend of ours went to work for a department store, and they got points for getting people to sign up for a credit card, and they had a youth credit card. It was basically designed for people getting out of high school and moving into, you know, jobs and things. And it had a $200 credit limit on it. He bought $200 worth of clothing. He bought $200 worth of merchandise and put it on that credit card. And later he was telling me about the lesson that he learned right there, and it was a very good lesson in the long run, is that paying the minimum payment for a year, he still owed something like $160, dollars $160. Oh, my. So on $200. So that minimum payment just stretches it out and stretches it out, and that interest compounds. And so we need to pay those things off, especially the ones with the variable interest rate, because as the interest rate goes up, the payment goes up. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it gets to be a problem. Or if you skip a payment, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is skip one and your 0% APR might immediately jump to 29.99%. Exactly. That's a serious leap. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. Mm -hmm. And where do you find a 0%? They they still well, I haven't seen any lately, it's, but they're still out there somewhere. It's going to be the store. I saw an email um, that came in from uh, the place that we purchase sound equipment and such, and your recording equipment and musical equipment and such from, and they're offering a lot of things you can make for interest free payments on that item. Oh. But if you miss a payment, yeah, now you just went to about twenty eight percent. Oh yeah, that's a so, that's a huge leap. Be careful, be careful, be careful with that. Another thing you can do is establish a budget and stick to it, or follow some sort of a spending plan. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you even have what you call the envelope system. Well, that's not my system. That came from Dave Ramsey. Oh, yeah. And that is when you get paid, take cash and put the rent money in the rent check, put the amount that you're budgeting for gas in the gas envelope, and more importantly, putting what you're spending for discretionary spending, eating out, for example, or for lunches at work. Put that in that envelope and spend out of that envelope, and when that envelope is empty, you spend no more that month until the next loading of those envelopes and friend of mine who made very very good money his wife would uh she handled the budget and she almost had dave ramsey's accent really (laughs) i mean she just she knew it that well and she gave him his envelope and that was his money to spend at work and he's in a professional uh business And he would go out to eat with a number of folks. And so you would see him along about the third week. Sometimes he's starting to come in carrying a paper bag for lunch (laughs) because his eating out his lunch money envelope was empty. Okay. And so she would fix him a couple of sandwiches and he would eat for the rest of the month out of a paper sack. Mm -hmm. But they stuck to that budget. Now, sticking to that budget involves eliminating impulse buying. And that can be a problem for us. We see it. We like it. We want it. Sometimes we buy it. Mm-hmm. And we do. sometimes we need to go back to that do without, ask ourselves yeah. the questions. Do we really need it? Does it serve a purpose? Or is this just a impulse Now, one of the things I've started doing with that is I will decide what I want. And I did this last weekend. There's a new knife I want. It's not a Jim Curtis knife, and it's not a fixed blade knife. It's a pocket knife. And I want one of this size and this configuration. And I put that off. Was I impulse buying? So I keep thinking, you know, through this and, you know, I've got a pretty good pocket knife. It's a little bigger than I want to carry, but do I really need it right now? So I have put that off. During this, we still need to remember our priorities. We need to be saving and we need to be investing. It may wind up having to drop down some, but I would say that if we're looking at saving and building that emergency fund, let's cut in some other areas. Let's cut back where we can, like cutting back on eating out, for example. That's gotten expensive. And we can cut back on the eating out, which we have, rather than cutting back on our savings. Thoughts on that? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I will admit these things are easier said than done. I've almost had to create in my mind almost a game-like structure of to make a game out of not spending money. And it's like a challenge to myself each day. Do I go to the drive through when I'm, you know, I, my work takes me out on the road and I drive between clients' homes. And many times I may only have an hour. I might be close to my house, but yeah, it's a lot more time convenient to zip through a drive through and lay out 10 bucks, you know, on lunch. Or now the game that I play in my mind is, 
what was my treasure hunt at home for lunch? And a lot of times I'm going to be coming home and I'm going to just pop in a can or whatever I can heat up in the microwave. And I feel like I have won points in my game for doing that. So that's the little thing that I've had to trick my mind into. And and to be honest, I kind of feel more accomplished and empowered when I realize that the only money I spent was in the gas to get home, eat what I already have in my pantry, and then get right back out to work. Yeah, and we both drive company cars. So, so it, it does make it, it a little easier that way. Yeah, it helps a little bit with that. With the number of miles that we drive between us, we could not afford to do that if we were having to buy the That's gas. That's true. But we do drive a lot of miles for business purposes. All right, how about cutting unnecessary expense? Well, we certainly did that. We, uh, we've decided to kind of jump on the bandwagon of television streaming channels. We cut the cable, and now we just have free streaming channels on our television. We have antenna TV. That just the cost of an antenna and the cable that comes with it. Other people may think about, you know, I know that gym membership is a big drive. The first six months of the year, gyms want people to join, and they'll do anything they can to get oh, yeah. you to join. And what I've done is I have changed my exercise policy to driving by the gym a couple of times a week. <laughs> And you can look at me and tell that. Well, you can truthfully say, hey, I went by the gym today. I did. Okay, yeah. But, you know, think about things like where are the areas that you can trim back? And, of course, gym memberships, any kind of a subscription, Mm -hmm. uh, subscriptions to – now, we talked earlier about delivery services, and those are generally a subscription. But if that's important to you, then don't cut it. If that saves you money and time, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm even thinking here on subscriptions to certain magazines or right. to yeah. certain television streaming services that you sign up for and have to pay for. Now, I think we do pay for one, and we've made the decision to keep that one because we do like that one. We do use it a lot. Well, what I like about a streaming service on TV, until they change it, and I hope they never do, you're not signed up for any long-term contractual expenditure. Exactly. At any point, we can cancel it and then re-up if we wish to. And there is one streaming service that we're going to sign up for as college football starts so that we can see (laughs) all of our team's games. Yes. And then when the end of the season, we'll drop it, and then we'll do that again. and. Uh, be able to see our team every week, regardless of where they are. And a lot of times they are on a channel that we do not get because we don't pay for that service. Exactly. But if we pay for this particular service, we'll be able to see every Alabama, just to tell you what it is, <laughs> University of Alabama Roll, Roll Tide. Tide. <laughs> uh, we'll be able to see every football game. So that's something. And, and we're doing that by choice, and that goes into the budget. Now, another thing that you can do to save about $25 a week or $100 a month is cut out that $5 coffee. Well, yeah. Uh, Some of those designer gourmet coffee shops, they have some very delicious and extremely high-priced drinks. So my challenge to you, my practical prepper friends, is if you like that kind of latte or you like that sort of, you know, half-calf, double whipped cream, whatever, just learn how to make it at home and just enjoy, you know, you'll probably be amazed at how little it actually does cost, but learn how to make those 
coffee drinks at home and then save that five that five dollars you would normally spend throw that into your emergency envelope probably 25 30 years ago i really got into enjoying cappuccino and latte Mm -hmm. and we were at one of the outlets and i found a refurbished cappuccino machine by black and decker And I learned how to make that cappuccino and that latte at home. And it just cost pennies per, you know, I I had a coffee grinder and I would get and grind the coffee very, very fine and put it on espresso grind and make it myself. And I learned how to steam the milk and it was pretty good. Well, there you go. In my office now, I have a regular coffee pot that I don't spend in three months what it would cost to buy a week's worth of coffee at the $5 coffee shop. And I also have a Keurig with the pods so that if I want the flavored, which I generally don't do flavored, but Rather than make a pot of coffee, if I want a cup of coffee, I'll do it with the pod. That's much more financially reasonable. Exactly. And we already touched on eating out at work as opposed to, you know, brown bagging it. A lot Mm -hmm. of people do meal preps at home for their week and they'll they'll get their meal prep containers ready and they'll they'll spend Sunday night or something making their lunch for the week. And then that way they've saved time and money. Mm Mm-hmm. And they can also, particularly if they're on controlled diets, like some people have to have low salt, low carb, uh, you know, low fat, that kind of thing. So a lot of times eating out is not only a financial choice, it's a healthy choice as well. But you were talking a while ago about spending 10 bucks at the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. If you go sit down somewhere, you're looking at an average of $12 a day. I mean, maybe more in some places, less in some. But at that, you're talking $50 a week or $240 a month. $60 per week. $60 per week. You need more coffee. I'll drink more coffee. <laughs> your, your math, you're close. You're, you're common core close, but mm-hmm. I need it to be more exact. Okay, and I'm close to the bottom of the coffee <laughs> cup here, too, so... You may have to press, press the pause button and go get some more in a few minutes. Gotcha. But I've also seemed to have this frog in my throat. But for about $15 a week, you can buy the sandwich makings. Absolutely. And you so you can make a week's worth of lunch for about 15 bucks instead of 60 bucks. Absolutely. I mean, everything you're saying makes complete sense to my mind. It's just, you know, acting on it and doing it. These are doable things. Mm -hmm. None of these things are impossible to do. And none of these things are things that we did not know about. Exactly. And oftentimes we need reminding more so than we need instructing. We have become very spoiled in our convenience-based society. Yeah, Pacing in front of the microwave. That's I heard. I, I, I know. That's that's the fast, frantic pace that we live. Someone once coined that. I wish I could claim it. I didn't. But they say we live in such a fast-paced society that we will pace in front of the microwave. Mm-hmm. It's true. So we just need to kind of step back and take a good hard look at where our money is going. If you ever actually kept a spending journal, I have. You'd be kind of shocked yeah. if you. I mean, literally every penny. If you would journal for one week, well, I did it for one month. It scared wow. me. 
And it's almost so. like you're hemorrhaging money. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got to stop that bleeding. And it's not in the 50 and $100 expenditures. It's in the $1, 2 $3 expenditures. Now, this was, you know, 20 years ago. But it was in those very small expenditures that I was making, you know, bad choices and probably bad choices for my health as well. All right. So we need to move on with how other ways that we're going to fight inflation. Well, we need to reduce some expenses. And there are some ways that we can do that. How can we do that? Well, one is if it's available, take public transportation. My goodness, yes. It's not great for us. I mean, it doesn't work for us since we both use our vehicles in our jobs. I mean, it doesn't do a whole lot of good to go to work as a deputy sheriff and not take your car with you. But, you know, a lot of our listeners are what we call our high-rise urban. Some of them don't own a vehicle. Mm -hmm. They walk. They take a cab. They're they're already good at this. Oh, yeah. They they could teach us a thing or two. But one of the things that we could do if we're downtown, we drive into town and we're going to go to several places we could take the public transportation across town, and we could leave our vehicle sitting further out, and we could do all of our running around by public transportation. You know, a lot of people do that when they go to a city for a vacation. Mm-hmm. For example, if we go to Savannah, it might be fun to take the public transportation all through downtown Savannah mm-hmm. for that very reason, because we don't know where we're going, but the these tourist transportation buses and trolleys and things like that would be very cost effective. Oh, absolutely. So is carpooling or these ride shares. Now, a lot of times you'll get about 30 or 40 miles outside of a major city and you'll see this huge parking lot and it's a ride share. Yeah. And so you drive there and you carpool from there into the city. Yeah. And so it's a very cost effective way. Now, here's one that I have done in the past. I don't do it now because I keep my hair about a quarter inch long, and (laughs) I just cut it once a week in the bathroom when I'm getting ready to get in the shower with a set of clippers that I paid 30 bucks for, and I've saved no telling how much money on haircuts. But how about stretching the time between haircuts or nail appointments? Oh, yes. You know, we're not saying cut them out altogether unless you feel led to do that, but Yeah, put a little extra time Mm -hmm. in between those because those appointments, particularly ladies, it's a little infuriating to know that that I could go to a full-on barbershop and get a haircut for a third of what they're going to charge me at the salon Mm -hmm. for the same cutting. That might be an option for some folks. It might be. It it really might. But if you stretch that time, and, and I don't know, men tend to get, haircuts every three weeks four weeks something like that some do and uh, some do it every two weeks period you know they go every two weeks Mm -hmm. well what if you make it three weeks if you make it three weeks you've cut that down by 50 percent over the period of a year Mm -hmm. or maybe even just go a full month in between Mm -hmm. and just your hair's going to grow a little bit longer i don't know but you know just those are some areas you can give some thought to what services do i pay for that i can either go without or lengthen the time yeah and i'm I'm talking lengthening the time Mm -hmm. here there's another thing that we can do and that's find free or low-cost entertainment alternatives to going out. Oh, my goodness, yes. If you live anywhere within the the realm of a moderate-sized town or larger, 
you simply have to go online and type in, you know, free attractions near me. There's all kinds of free concerts. Mm -hmm. There are some museums that are free. There are some museums that are donation. Right. There's a huge military museum in Huntsville that's primarily donation only. There's also craft fairs that are very low-cost mm-hmm. admission. There are weekend events, art museums, and, and uh, festivals that may be taking place in a public park setting. So there may be a great number of resources available to you for entertainment purposes that cost you very little or nothing at all. And if you've got a group of folks that gets together every couple of weeks and goes out and you know has dinner and a movie or whatever... You can take turns hosting a potluck dinner and rent a movie, and the entire group comes together, has a meal, and then everybody watches this movie that you rent. Oh, that sounds like a fun time. Exactly. You could have, you know, six, eight people that do that and rotate it around, and Mm -hmm. it's pretty much low cost for everybody. That's a great social activity. That's wonderful. Now, here's one that I can almost hear some girls screaming about. Yeah, when I saw this uh, uh, in some of your notes, I thought, hmm, there's some folks out there that are planning a wedding. Uh, Let me just kind of leave it there. (laughs) Some of you are planning a global themed event. I mean, this is this will rival the Olympics. <laughs> yes, and and there are some extremely expensive weddings out there. And what we're saying is plan a smaller wedding. And, and some, what, you know, COVID taught a lot of brides that lesson. Now let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to nine eleven. Oh. And yeah. what I don't know that our listeners have ever known this, but I was a professional photographer for about 25 years. Yes, and wedding photographers and, was photography was your specialty. And it was, and we built a tremendously good and large um, wedding photography company, and we did upper-end weddings. Now, at that point in time, I wouldn't tell you, you don't need to spend this much money on a wedding, because I was making good money off of you spending a lot of money at a wedding. <laughs> okay. And what we saw after 9-11, now we were booking weddings about 9 to 15 months in advance. I mean, the, the bigger vendors, you want to get those booked to get the one you want. You want to be somewhere around a year ahead. So the year after 9-11, we were still doing those large weddings. But what we began to see, and that was because they were already committed to all of that and had much of that paid for. But what we began to see after 9-11 is people began to see that, hey, family is the most important thing. We're coming out of this married no matter what. Yeah. And what a lot of girls, and we, we had several do this, is that they would take their immediate family and they would go to some destination. We had somebody go to Hawaii. We had several, several go to the Caribbean. And they would get married there. And they had a great family ex- experience. And they did away with the huge open bar sit-down dinner reception for 200 people. And they spent that money in taking the family to a faraway destination. Oh, I see. Is it, they actually paid for an experience 
Which, in, in some respects, is priceless. Yes, and and they did it with a the family group, and it was it cost me a lot of money, but it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. But what I'm talking about here is that maybe instead of a sit down dinner, you do finger foods. Well, I I actually recently viewed a television article about this very subject about weddings in specific. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of brides have those starry-eyed dreams ever since they were a little girl. I get it. I get it. I understand. You should have the wedding that you want. And if, if your pocketbook can do that, by all means. Mm-hmm. No one is telling you not to. But I'm putting out the idea that maybe you can scale back in certain areas and still have the wedding of your dreams. And particularly if you've been impacted Mm -hmm. in your wallet this year, 2022, 2023, you know, financial experts are saying that it's going to be a good two, two and a half years before we start seeing the pendulum beginning to low, you know, roll back the other way. So, you know, some of you are planning a $75,000 wedding or up. And we did quite a few of those right. and up. I'm not putting judgment out here against you. I'm just stating the fact, the money fact of the matter. Some of you are going to be laying out or you're, or you're going to ask your mama or daddy to lay out five grand for a dress mm-hmm. or 11 grand for a dress. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could be just as stunning and breathtaking in a $800 dress. Yeah, and dress is one thing, but I've seen people lay out twelve to fifteen thousand dollars on an open bar. Oh wow! Now that's getting a lot of your friends drunk, and you know, if Daddy's giving you that unlimited budget, go for it. Uh, we're not saying don't do it, but if you're in the group we're in with trying to save money and cut back, maybe you cut that wedding down a little bit. Maybe instead of the sit-down dinner, you do the finger foods. Or as we did in our first weddings, what I call a mint nut reception. Oh, yeah. We're talking, you know. Finger foods. Decades ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My wedding actually was in the evening. Uh, I actually selected the particular hour of of the day, which was after supper. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that I wanted to be at my first wedding would have had to work that day, and I wanted them there. Now, our wedding was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. We did what we call a reception wedding, and I'll be brief. Rather than go through the whole church service and then reception after, we began basically with a reception. We had our guests come into our hall. They could immediately be seated, and they could immediately begin snacking on goodies. Mm-hmm. And then at some point we halted that, uh, or you know nobody had to get up. But anyway, people were already sitting around tables, socializing, laughing, joking. We had a game corner for the adolescent kids. We had a playground for the little kids that came. That was all of that was provided where we were. And then our service began. We had our actual wedding. Everyone was still seated where they were comfortable. Yeah, we put the wedding mm-hmm. in the middle of the reception. We put the wedding in the middle of the reception. The wedding took place. The wedding concluded. We had our own little special table. And so it was very relaxed. It was very almost like a family-friendly 
Children were happy. Adults were happy. We were happy. It didn't take a long time. And, and one of the reasons know. we did this is between us, we have been involved in some way over 800 weddings. That's probably us. a conservative it, number. It probably is. I made a pretty good living as a wedding singer. Yes. And did several. Yeah, I'd go broke <laughs> the first time if I tried that, but... It may be over a thousand. I don't know. Uh, it's but easily. we had done a lot of weddings between us, and so we wanted something different. We wanted something much more intimate. It's second marriage, and you know we were over thirty. Everybody had so much fun, and mm-hmm. were so relaxed. People made friends. People met people. You know, strangers became friends. It was great. So we're just saying that, yeah, for a fraction of what. It would have cost. We had the wedding that we wanted. And, you know, if you, you know, brides and grooms, grooms too, a lot of grooms have a starry-eyed thoughts about their wedding and what they want in there too. So maybe maybe think about that. And if inflation is impacting your wedding plans, there are ways. Here's one way. You can get married on a weekday. Here's the thing. Mark and I got married on a Friday night. A Friday night. Well, here's why. We didn't want to ruin everybody's whole weekend. So we got married on a... (laughs) And we had to travel on Saturday. Right. So we got married at our venue on a Friday night. That's kind of an unusual choice. Most people do a Saturday, maybe in some cases a Sunday wedding, but it's a weekend. And venues will charge you more for the weekend because they know Mm -hmm. they'll book more. My daughter got married on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I have photographed a wedding on every day of the week. You can get married on a Wednesday. Okay, we're going way down the I'm just saying, that's just an area that people can come off of the traditions. They can, and we both do enjoy uh, talking about weddings and what we've done, but a lot of fun. Anyway, there's places you can cut down there. All right, you can cut down on that vacation. We recently Mm -hmm. did this. In fact... Originally, our plan was we would not be at home today. Right. We would be on a vacation. And you can plan a staycation. Yeah, you can stay at home and just take day trips. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of what we're doing because by the time you hear this, we will have gone to a one-year-old birthday party. Now, we did not cancel the trip because of the birthday party. We actually canceled the trip before we found out when the party was. But the purpose of this was because of the extreme expense involved in gasoline and the much higher hotel cost. Exactly. Because what we saw, and we did stay in a hotel a week or two ago, and our cost was about 50% higher than it was the last time we yep. stayed. So sure enough. we made the choice to stay home this time. Maybe you cut down... F- to three days at the beach versus feeding the mouse for a week. Yeah, when I first saw feeding the mouse, I went, oh, I know what you're talking about. There's this great big theme park in a Florida location. Or California. Or California, and people call it feeding the mouse. So, and so it's boy, that's a, expensive. That's an expensive mouse. And from what I understand, folks going down there, they're looking at about $1,000 a day by the time they put everything in it with the travel with staying there especially Just the parking uh, the parking 20 bucks everywhere you go Whew. you know things like that yeah. so 
you might look at three days at the beach, and you might even look at a less tourist destination area, mm-hmm. a lesser area. Okay, here's but, another area that we can begin to save, and we've talked about this before, is your medications. Brand name medications usually carry a very high cost. If there's a generic available and you're not allergic to any of the other ingredients, because by law, a generic medication only needs to have the identical main ingredient. Mm -hmm. The lesser ingredients can differ. So that's where you you save money, but you also need to make sure you know what those ingredients are. And you need to make sure that your doctor is in agreement to you using the generic. And that's where some folks have problems. Their insurance will only cover the generic. And the doctor says, no, you must have the name brand. And so it gets worked out, but they go back and forth on it. Mm-hmm. So, but it might be because of some allergy to that. So, the same thing applies with over-the-counter medications: is buying store brands. You know, I've done that a lot with generic for Claritin or Pepto Bismol or some of those name brands. Tylenol, yeah, acetaminophen, um, aspirin, Benadryl, all of those things have good store brands. But now avoid buying your OTC medications at the dollar store. Yeah. And one of the reasons is they will have often a much shorter time to expiration date. Right. I mean, if you need something for immediate use and you're going to use it like right away within the month, it's probably a good purchase. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to prep OTC, that's good advice because you're not going to get the time uh, benefit. And out I of that. realize I can hear nine people right now yelling that it's not an expiration date, it's a best buy date. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true, but some medications do begin to lose potency. So if you're storing this, you want the longest period of time that you can store it before it begins to lose its potency. All right, here's one that I had to think about for a moment, and this makes a lot of sense, and that's take advantage of discounted gift cards. Now, what is a discounted gift card? There are places where you can buy a $100 gift card for like $79.95. Oh, I see what you mean. You're not paying the face value. Exactly. So you're, you're, it's like gaining money in your pocket. Yeah, so if I'm going to the ammo store and I run across a discounted gift card to that ammo store and I can buy a $100 gift card and let's just say I save 10% and that's $90 that I pay for it and then I get $100 worth of value at the store. So I've bought $100 worth of ammo for $90. You know, I've heard of this type of bundling done with restaurants. Mm -hmm. There are certain restaurant groups that are all under the same corporate and they will sell you maybe like a bundle of three. It might be a seventy. It might be three twenty-five dollar cards, but you're only paying like forty dollars, mm-hmm. you know, for the whole bundle. And that that's what we're talking about okay, here. Okay, discounted gift card. of those discounted gift cards. Okay. And all along the way, keep adding to your emergency fund. Right. You want to be able to handle a tire replacement, uh, some type of engine repair without having to go to the credit cards. And you just need to be building that emergency fund. Now, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and that's delay large purchases, especially if you are financing. As in buying a car. Right. Or financing anything. I mean, we 
had to replace our refrigerator not long ago. And thankfully, our emergency fund covered that, and we weren't looking for financing at a higher rate than we were able to pay for it. But if you are buying a car, you might look at buying a lower model. A little more economical. Well, not only more economical for gas, but instead of all the bells and whistles and the heated steering wheel and the heated leather seats. Less frills, you're saying? Yeah, less frills. Okay. Guys have done this for a long time. Back years ago, when you could still pretty much get a work truck that had manually operated windows. Oh, my goodness. There's young kids today that have never actually done that. (laughs) That, That's where roll down the window came from. Uh, Rather than buying the model that was the deluxe and that cost you, you know, 25% more, I could roll my own windows down. Mm -hmm. And now you can't find a truck, it seems. (laughs) There's some work trucks still sold that way, but, you know, they, they have pretty much no options beyond heat and a radio defroster. And maybe that's the model to buy. If, if you're looking at cost savings, you, you also, as you mentioned, purchase that more economical vehicle. But the gas is coming down now, but that's temporary. It will go back up. So, Well, you know, not only are new cars more expensive, used cars are bearing a higher price mm-hmm. tag. So shopping for a used car, do your due diligence, do a lot of per- comparison online. And another thing is if you already own a good running car, maintain that car. Mm-hmm. What you invest in maintenance cost will more than pay for itself on the long run. If you ignore your car's oil situation, engine situation, tires, that's going to be tens of thousands of dollars out of your pocket. If you had just maintained it a little bit along, you wouldn't be suffering those costs. My dad's Toyota pickup, and dad's been dead now for 22 years, but his 1984 Toyota Hilux King Cab is sitting in our driveway, and it has over 250,000 miles on it, and the oil is just as clean as it came. Mm -hmm. He changed that thing every 3,000 miles, and he would change it at 2,999 before he'd change it at (laughs) 3,001. I mean, he was just that way. Good maintenance. You had to pull the oil stick out and really get it in the light to see where it was. It was that clean. And that thing still runs good. Now, the battery does need charging right now, but he stretched the amount of life that he got out of a vehicle. When Dad got through with one, you didn't want it because it it had all the good. He used it up, wore it out. He used it up. And (laughs) and I've got a Chevy pickup with 350,000 miles, and you won't want it when I get through with it. But, you know, the used vehicle is a much better value because a new vehicle, you lose about 20% depreciation when you drive it off the lot. Well, absolutely. I've even wondered if the test drive took some of the value out (laughs) of it, too. Somehow they don't give you a a discount on that. But a two-year-old vehicle, the last I checked, was about 60% of a new vehicle, cost-wise. Okay. So more of that financial hit has been taken. Exactly. Somebody else paid that depreciation. Let's move inside, and we're almost through here. Now, this one could cost a little bit of money, depending on how you do it, but we want to lower our heating and air conditioning cost. Well, how do we do that? Well, we have lowered our thermostats in the summertime, and 
I mean, we have raised our thermostats in the summertime, and we will lower our thermostats in the winter. Yes, I even take the time when I know that I'm going to be out of the house for, say, 10 hours. Mm -hmm. I'll raise my air conditioning thermostat two more higher degrees. The cats are fine. It's still below 80, Mm -hmm. but it does not have to be refrigerator cold while nobody's in here. Exactly. And a lot of people say, well, you lose money by having to cool it back down. And that's true if you're turning it off. I mean, I've known people Mm -hmm. that would turn it off when they were leaving or they'd raise it up to 85 and the house would heat up and then the air conditioner had to work harder to bring it back down. We're only talking about we've already raised it a couple of degrees just to live with. And we're talking about raising it another two or three degrees while we're gone. So that does lower our cost. And it's a really good thing to do. Now, something else that you could consider is increasing, and this is where I was talking about it cost a little bit of money, increasing the insulation in your house. Mm. You can have additional insulation blown into the ceiling. If your floors are cold, if you have a, a crawl space under the house or basement, you can put insulation under the floor. That would cause the house to be more efficient when it came to heating and air, thereby lowering your cost. Another way you could do that is look at your windows. I am in the window business, not the windows themselves, but covering windows. So I see all kinds of windows all over town. 95% or more of my clients already have replacement windows. And believe me, those make a difference. I remember when I lived in North Carolina, I had old, double-hung, very old-fashioned wooden windows, and uh, our heating and cooling bills were astronomical. We bit the bullet, and we put in replacement windows all throughout our house. We had a 4,000-square-foot house, and our utility bills came down significantly. Because of the way they're constructed and how they operate, windows can even add to that insulative power mm-hmm. that you're talking about. We did that. Carla and I changed the ones out in the house um, down south of us here. And it greatly did that. And at the same time, we had, now this house was built in 1935. It was my great-grandparents' house. No insulation in the walls at the time it Mm -hmm. was built. And so Dad and I, when we got the house back, it had been rented out, and we put insulation in the attic. And then we put vinyl siding on the house, and we added insulation there and replaced every window and it cut the heating cost and air conditioning cost by about half. Wow. It That's really significant. Did. And so I was glad to see that when we came into this house, they've already been put in. The well, thermal windows. The thermal yeah. windows. And I think these are double pane. So you've got mm-hmm. that air gap in between, which that is a great insulator. So just some things that you can do. And this last one we don't want to do, and that's <laughs> – Exercise. We need to do, we just we need always to do, want to do, but exercise. Exercise and take care of your health because that overall, first of all, it's one of the best investments you can make mm-hmm. in your own body, but it will reduce health care costs later down the road. Mm-hmm. And you won't be getting up quite as stiff in the morning. <laughs> and there's just so many benefits to it. Folks, we know we've run long today, but uh, we certainly appreciate you being with us. And we are concerned about the inflation. We're concerned about the recession. 
And there's some things that we can do. We can all tighten our belt a bit. We can all save a little bit of electricity, and that helps the electrical grid a little bit. We can not wash clothes and run the dishwasher during peak times. That helps the grid. And we're about to be facing some pretty serious blackouts in parts of the country. And we may have part of that listed in the next newsletter coming out as well. Anything else you want to add before we go? Well, just remember, inflation bites. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.